Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Secrets of Getting Clients Masterclass Series. It's the one question everybody always has in their business. Where, where do you get clients? And we always want to look behind the curtain with everybody else because often we feel like everybody else has the clients and we don't. So Heather Maddox is here with us today. She is a Windermere agent out of Renton, Washington. Thanks for joining us today, Heather. Yeah. Heather runs a phenomenal business and is generous enough to take us behind the curtain on her business and share how she gets her clients. So welcome, Heather. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. And I love this topic so much because obviously without clients, like what do we do? So, and you know, when I meet with new agents, this is like always the number one question is like, how do we get clients? So this is, right. this is great. Brilliant. Yeah. And when you've got clients and you're rolling, everything's fine, but, and even experienced agents, right? I mean, I've been doing this 28 years and I still have moments in my year. I'm thinking, you know, I got a whole lot of free time. What, what mm -hmm. do I do? How do I go get a client? Yeah. Cause I need to figure something out. Um, so a, this time For of sure. year, you know, we're kind of January, February timeframe into that first quarter where mm -hmm. it tends to be like a, let's get some momentum going timeframe. Um, I think this is just a great thing to sh share. So share with us, you're in Renton, Washington, right outside Seattle, one of the suburbs. I know you work all over the Seattle East side market. How long have you been in real estate? Kind of what does your business look like? Yeah. So I, um, I am in the Renton office, which like you said, is a suburb on the South side of Seattle, um, right along Lake Washington, mm -hmm. but I work all of King County. Um, and I kind of go, you know, wherever that, that takes me. Right. Um, but I have been, this is my 19th year. Which is <gasps> that, isn't that amazing? It is amazing. And I started my career as a licensed assistant to a top producing agent in Kirkland, Washington. And, um, I learned a ton there when I was working for him, he was trans, he was, um, selling about 40 to 45, um, homes a year. Mm -hmm. Um, he, one thing I really learned from him at, at the time, he was really a yes man in the sense of like what business came his way, whether it was commercial, it was land, it was, 100,000. It was $2 million. It didn't really matter. Um, we worked everything. So I got my eyes and my hands on so many different transactions, so many different scenarios, and just kind of was able to uh, work right alongside him and learn the way that he did things. And then ended up going out on my own in March of 2008, which as we all know, <laughs> in July of 2008, there was a really fun time in the re real estate industry where the recession hit. And, um, so I had only been on my own for a couple of months when we were hit with that. Wow. So that was kind of like the big, the beginning of my career. My husband was in banking at the time mm -hmm. and we really had to make it work. I knew real estate was my career. It wasn't that I was going to be like, okay, I'm giving up on this, but it was more like, how can I make this work? So I got a second job waiting tables, um, from 10 AM till 2 PM every weekday so that I could still take calls in the morning and then go show houses in the afternoon and evening, write offers, that type of thing. And I was 28 uh, at the time. And so I had a lot of people in my life who had not bought a house before. And that market actually really served that client. Mm -hmm. And so I 
just focused all my energy on first time home buyers during that time. And I actually had a pretty successful couple of years during the recession. That's awesome. So I'm curious, you mentioned that, you know, when you were an assistant, you kind of had a, I have a, have license, will travel kind of agent mm-hmm. that you worked for. I, we've all been there. Yeah. Um, or yes. just of all trades, right? And there's no right or wrong way to run your business, but some agents no. do, they'll just take anything. And then others, yeah. like you said, you, at that moment in time, you were really focused on the first time homebuyer because that yeah. felt like the natural step. What does your business look like now? Do you have kind of a focus or are you more um, generalist? Yeah, good question. So my focus is serving my people and their people. Mm -hmm. So sometimes that brings me to different neighborhoods or different price points, but I really want to be their resource for all things real estate. Mm -hmm. So if they come to me, for example, if someone comes to me with vacant land, um, of course I want to be the resource that they go to, but I don't feel I am the best person for that job. I, um, it's just not my specialty. I don't sell it enough to be like, well-versed in all things vacant land. And so I am their resource in that event to like bring them to the person who I think that would best serve them. Um, but for most price points and most properties that fall into King County, I will take that on. I, I want to, I love a first-time home buyer in 2023, 21 of my sales were first-time home buyers. So that's still a huge part of my business. And I love the education piece and just like seeing people start their journey and all that. So, but it, it, yeah, I I like that. It's, it's a lot of different things that makes up my, it's mainly, it's like all these wonderful people and their people. So whatever, you know, the home is, is less important to me. Right. And that's great. And it's, and you know, you and I know each other and we work in a similar market. So I get to see how you work and how you market. And it is, very crystal clear and evident that the service part of it, the education part of it, the taking care of your client, that is your sweet spot. You do it better than most. (laughs) Oh, thank you. That's kind of you to say, I, I like that part. I like, I, I want people to feel like I'm a safe place to land for all things Mm -hmm. real estate. And so, um, I'll go out of my way to be that person for really anybody in my community. You know, if they, have a question if they, I mean, even if I have to be the one that just opens up Google and finds something for them, like that's fine. I'll, I'll do really anything. That's awesome. How do you take that and bring it into whether it's marketing? Like, how do you get your clients? Yeah. What's, what's your system? (laughs) I was thinking about this because I, I am a systematic person. I, this is, I do the same thing every week. I, I, you know, I don't, I don't reinvent the wheel at all. Um, but when like we get to the core of like, how do you get your clients? Mm -hmm. Um, you know, for me, it's creating raving fans. Mm -hmm. And, um, so, you know, the raving fans are the ones that are out sharing your name, telling everybody you've got to use, you know, Heather Maddox. And when I have a raving fan share my name, I was thinking back to the beginning when I first started getting referrals and, and clients coming to me. When a, when a raving fan shares my name and that person comes to me and says, so-and-so gave me your name. They said, I've got to use you. I get from that a confidence boost. I, I get something where I feel like I'm doing something right. 
Mm-hmm. So therefore I step into that job with a higher level of confidence than the job before mm-hmm. and that in turn tends to breed a new raving fan. And it's this cycle of like kind of spiraling upwards and getting more fans and more confidence and more, um, you know, clients ultimately that are passing around, but in just systematic ways that I try to accomplish that, mm-hmm. Um, I'm really clear the first time any client meets with me, I Mm -hmm. tell them my goal at the end of this is that you are telling everyone, you know, oh my gosh, Heather Maddox is so good at her job. You have to work with her. Mm -hmm. So they're getting that message from meeting one that that's what I want. And because I want that, I want you to be happy and I want you to get a house that you like, and I want you to net the most. And I, you know, but like, so I think that then when I'm at the end, when I, you know, in kind of finishing that circle with reviews and that, then they're, they're kind of chimed in to like, Oh, she wants me to tell yeah. all my friends. Right. Um, the deal. Yeah. So I try to just talk about it a lot that that's really important to my business, that my reviews are really important to my business, that, um, you sharing my name is the lifeblood to my business. I say that all the time. Um, and so I think those are kind of, how I get clients, um, on just sort of like a, a day to day, but I also get a lot of clients from, I'm on social media, I'm visible. I'm out in the community. Like Mm -hmm. if you, you know, if you're around Renton, you'll probably see me somewhere, you know? So I think that helps too, is I'm, I'm in front of people a lot. You do a great job of that. There's a couple things you touched on that I wanted to go back to. One is because I'm an energy person and I'm all about, I believe how you show up affects the results we get. And you talked about the confidence boost that you get when somebody is referred to you. And I think that is, that is a huge difference in the how the energy and the, how we show up, right? If you show up feeling confident, And I think for all of us, then the question is, how can you feel confident whether you've been referred or not? You're showing up from a place of service versus showing up with, I have to prove myself. Yes. Whether it's a cold lead, somebody don't have a connection to, and sometimes, you know, and you could show up with either a set of energy, regardless of whether or not you referred to somebody, but that's a subtle difference that is hugely exponentially has a ripple effect in how you show up. It's the words you use, the conversations you have. That is a very different feeling on the receiving end as the client um, when you're confident versus proving yourself. And I love that you brought that up. Yeah. And, you know, it's funny that you say that too, because it reminds me of when I was in my twenties, I couldn't wait business-wise to turn 30. For Mm -hmm. some reason in my mind, that was going to make this huge difference of people taking me serious. Right. And that, I mean, like looking back, it was so in my mind, it's not like anybody asked me my age, they didn't know, but I had put that thought in my head that, you know, when I'm 30, then people are going to take me really serious, but really it comes down to confidence and feeling really, you know, like strong in your, you know, and where you stand. And I, I have also learned that I've gotten a lot of confidence from social media as well in the sense that I'll put something out there, which I feel is my opinion or like something that I do in a certain way. 
and I'll get a strong positive reaction of like, oh, I do that too, or I like that, or I'm going to try that. And all of a sudden I'm really reassured in the way that I'm doing something. And it's happened enough on social media that now I probably have an inflated confidence around my job, honestly, because I, I just feel like I get enough positive reinforcement that I know I'm doing the right things. I love it. And I think that's great. You've done a phenomenal job of using social media to build your exposure and build your following and your business. And I think that's, that's great. Um, but it is, it's how you have a unique way of showing up because there's a lot of people on social media mm -hmm. that are not getting the same results you do. Um, so I am curious, how do you ask for reviews? I mean, you talked about, you bring it up in that first yeah. and for referrals. You talked about, you bring it up in that first appointment, but I think, you know, we all hear that you're supposed to tell people to, uh, and ask for referrals, but you have make it sound so natural. Like it's just part of your natural conversation versus so many people are afraid to ask. And when they do, it's that awkward, like, could you please send me a referral? Maybe sort of sometime, like if it's not a hassle, oh, yeah. like, you know, that would be awesome. And then no big surprise. It doesn't happen. Yeah. So I, I mean, if you watch my social media or, you know, me, like I mm -hmm. use humor a lot, right. That, that's just kind of my, the way I sometimes communicate. And so I, if we're doing something with a client and they say anything that has to, the words, thank you, or Heather, I, you know, I love what you did or whatever. Then I'm always like, Oh, make a mental note for your Google review, you know, or like, Oh, that'll be a good one to show up in your Google review. When you, when we're done with this, you know, like I'm planting the seed the whole time. You're going to be leaving me this review. I love you know? it. <laughs> and then, um, and then right when we're done and you know, I there's, there's different philosophies on this. Some people like to send out their, their review request before the transaction is completed. Mm -hmm. I do it as a way to check up like two, three days later, like, Hey, did all your keys work? Did you, did you meet your neighbors? You know, how did it go? And then I always say, instead of saying, leave me a review, mm -hmm. the way I word it is, will you please share your story? Like, can I you share it? Yeah. Can you share your story of what it was like to buy a house and have me as your guide? Um, because it's really important to my business. And then, um, sometimes they'll fall to the wayside, obviously. Um, and so then maybe a month later, I'll give them another nudge, like, Hey, I'm sure this fell off. And yeah. then if I still don't have it the next month, I'll text them the link say, mm -hmm. okay, Hey, I'm going to bug you. I, I, and, and sometimes I'll be like, I'm, I'm still going to bug you one more time. So you might as well just get this done. Like, you know, <laughs> um, yeah. And then at the end of the year, everyone who did not, I'll give them one more thing to just say, Hey, my year's wrapping up. And these are so important to my next year's business. Could you please take a few minutes? And people generally in one of those four stops, right. They will do it. Um, yeah. and they might not, I mean, you know, it, I don't, I don't get too hung up on who's doing it and who's not, but I just have my system of like, you know, yeah. trying to, trying to push them, but I'm, I'm never. I mean, I think because for those people who know me, I don't get my feelings hurt very easily at all. I have, I just, I don't, I can handle criticism. I, I don't know. All those things don't yeah. really like get to me. So asking someone for a review of the service I provided, it doesn't seem scary to me. 
but I know that that is for some people, but I'm like, I always try to flip it. So um, if you've talked to me about your business, I probably have done this to you where I say, when your accountant asks mm-hmm. you for X, Y, Z. Okay. So if your accountant asks you for a Google review, are you like, oh my God, this accountant is such a jerk. I can't believe they're going to ask me for a review. You're like, oh, I'll do that. Or, oh, I don't have time for it. That's literally okay. the end of your thought. So it's Total. the same. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it's, there's so much to what you just said, right? It's that, it's the energy of how you show up. It's mm-hmm. the confidence that you had at the very first appointment. It's you show up and you are at your core, someone who is showing up to give versus somebody who's there to get. Yes. Um, and everything that you do. And it is so completely evident in any conversation I've ever had with you in any social media post I've ever seen of yours. So even at, I love, even in the asking for a review, you're trying to give something, a, a voice for them to share their story. Everybody loves to share their story. Yeah. You didn't ask for a review of your service. You asked for them to share their story and how you were there as a guide. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think those are two powerful words that help them then leave you a better review, quite honestly, because they're t- thinking about their own story versus critiquing your part in it. Yeah, right. Um, and then they just add you into it. So I th- I think that's all awesome. Yay. Thank you. Super helpful. I know for a lot of people, because it is, it's one of those, it's the most natural thing. And it makes me laugh all the time how we get, you know, it's funny when you get to experience something versus when you have to do something right for sure you know if somebody asks me for a review I'm like well of course I yeah. it's, it's not a big surprise we know this yeah. is how the world works I'm happy to do it but right. to, you know and then you talk to people they're like well I could never ask for a review or uh-huh. um, they get all twisted and, and like you said the before the close after the close just pick something have it be your system and just do it do it <laughs> <laughs> if you don't get it it's fine. Yeah. There, some there, people won't. It doesn't mean they didn't like you. It no. just means that they're busy. They said they'd do it later and forgot. I mean, a million things, but not that they, you know, that you did something wrong. No. And, and it is funny what we read into that stuff. I know I have had my own mental spin outs on clients. And then all of a sudden, like maybe they didn't leave me a review or they weren't super communicative. And then all of a sudden, yeah, you get a referral from them and they're like, oh, so-and-so loves you. I'm yeah. Like, okay. Okay. <laughs> this is good intel. Never would have gotten that. <laughs> yeah. That is actually so true. You're like, oh, they did. Okay, good. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I love it. We talked about referrals, how you show up. You started talking about social media. How, cause you actually mm-hmm. get clients from social media. Yeah. I I actually want to be really clear about this though. I don't, I'm not flooded with new clients from social media. Right. Okay. Um, I do get clients from social media, but it's not in the way that I think people are hoping or thinking my, my more focus on social media is to be a place where my core people can then say to their core people, Hey, you, you really should call my realtor. And if you want to be able to kind of get a glimpse of the nature of her service, follow her on Instagram. And so then they come in, they follow me. And then after like a month, they might reach out to me. So would I've gotten that referral before? Possibly it's not hundred percent Instagram, but Instagram solidifies it and right. makes it a really easy handoff for my people. And I teach them that too. Like, Hey, if you have somebody in your 
your life that should just follow me do that, you know, cause I, I, I talk so much on there that they'll really get a sense of what it's like to work with me. Um, and so to me, that's my Instagram success is those, mm-hmm. um, I do get a, a few random, um, clients or meetings from Instagram, but, uh, it, it's not like that, that part doesn't make up a huge por- part, portion of my business. And that makes sense. Um, but I, there is, I think a lot to be said, I mean, I do it right when I'm looking for somebody or yeah. I get referred to somebody, I check out their website, mm-hmm. but I, and I look at the reviews, but I go and check out their social media because that's when you really get a feel for, okay, yeah. what's their, you know, what's their vibe? How are they going to show up? Are we compatible? You know, all of that. Well, and I think one piece of social media that I would have never predicted Mm -hmm. is the agent piece. So when I first had my social media, it was really for my clients. I definitely did not want other agents following me. I didn't even understand why they would want to. Um, and we all know, uh, Tracy Gillette, she just like kept knocking on my door. She was not taking no for an answer on (laughs) social media. (laughs) And so eventually, you know, I opened the door, I listened and like that opened an entire world for me that I, did not see. I would have told you before that I was very open to referrals. Like, yes, I'm here. I'm available. I'll take agent to agent referrals. I wasn't getting any, maybe one a year from my managing broker, right? By connecting with agents on social media in an authentic way, hearing about their markets, engaging with what they're putting Mm -hmm. out there, you know, truly making friends, Mm -hmm. um, now my business is probably 30% agent to agent referral. Yeah. Same. Mine is too. Yeah. So that has been a social media silver lining that I would have never, I did not understand the, the benefit of that. Yeah. It, it is pretty cool when you lean into it. And then there's the whole just building yeah. your tribe, which I think is so important because you need your real estate friends because you can have awesome friends outside of real estate, but nobody gets you like your real estate Oh my gosh. But that's a whole other masterclass. Yeah, (laughs) totally. Yes. And also the, the referrals from other agents tend to be really quality referral because they've already done the work to qualify the client. They might even have paired them from with a lender. Like they just hand it to you on a silver platter. Yes. And that is awesome. (laughs) Yeah. I tend to find the same things. People that are referred to me by another agent, that is a solid referral. Mm -hmm. The, the rate at which those end up being clients that I work with and that purchase or sell a property, it's pretty pretty high. Yes. Agree. I love it. Awesome. So what else? Referral is a big part of your business. Yeah. um, Other sources like kind of legs to your business that you actively put time and energy into for getting clients. So I, I probably work my, uh, database more than most people. I, well, actually, I don't want to say mo- most people. I work it more systematically than most people, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, so my database, um, it's not huge. There's probably, I don't even pull people off, but there's probably 400 people on it or something like that over 19 years. You know, some people have yeah. 5,000 people on their database. So, um, I don't ever pull people off. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're always on there. And I have a whiteboard that is above my desk. Okay. And on my whiteboard, I have my current pending transactions. Mm-hmm. I have my active buyers. And okay. then below that, I have my buyers that like 
have showed interest in the last year, but they haven't signed their BBSA. Those yeah. people. And then You're I have my, yeah, I have my, well, I have an additional warm list. Oh, okay. Ooh, sorry. Didn't okay. But, okay. um, no, 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 no. Yeah. And so then I have my active sellers, meaning like we are literally working on getting their house to market or it's on. And then mm-hmm. I have those sellers that have intention to list this year, but we're not quite there. Yeah. And then I have my warm list and my warm list is different. It is people who have talked to me about real estate in some capacity over the last probably two to three years. Okay. Um, and this means like they could have been at a party with me and they were like, Hey, if you ever see a house in Bonnie Lake, like I'm super interested. And that was the end of the conversation. Right. They go on my warm list. My database beyond that is literally everyone else. Right. Okay. Okay. And so my whiteboard gets worked all year long. Those two to three year old people get worked Mm -hmm. twice a year Okay. uh, to try to kind of like wake them back up. Um, and I also keep, and, and my, uh, so I, I should step back. So pendings active buyer, active seller, you, you get an email every Monday. Okay. That's like, Hey, this is our plan. Are we still on track? Here's your homework, my homework, whatever it is. Um, the people who haven't signed and kind of are, are getting a little colder. Mm-hmm. Um, they might get an email every month. And then this warm list gets an email about two times a year. Got it. Um, and so that literally keeps me going. I right. build my week from those Monday emails. And then I have a lead tracker that is every call I get, like Google call, sign call, whatever, you're going on my lead tracker. Even if I, even if you left me a message and I didn't get, I couldn't reach you back. Okay. Okay. And I track on there like um, everything. And I go back to that lead tracker. So right now, everybody who ended up on the lead tracker that didn't close in 2023 just got moved to 2024 and I'll start working through them too. Mm -hmm. So I I am constantly trying to drum up things. I love it. So (laughs) I, yeah, you are one of the most organized people I know. (laughs) It's one of the many things I love about you. And you have found a way to build systems and bring a routine to a business that is inherently anti-routine because you feel like you're always just at the mercy of, did the house come on the market today or not kind of thing. Right. Um, What do you, so what do you say to somebody who is on your lead tracker from last year? You haven't talked to him in six months. Mm -hmm. So I have a January email and a July email that goes out that says, okay, January says like, Hey, so-and-so, happy new year. You told me that you have real estate goals and they are this. You told me last year that you have real estate goals to buy a house in Bonnie Lake. Um, is that still a goal of yours? If so, in order to accomplish that, we kind of need to get going. We should meet again. We need to get your, you know, lender in order, um, because this is what's happening in the market. Mm-hmm. Love, would love to talk to you. That usually brings up some people who are like, oh, I do actually have goals. And I did tell you and you know, whatever. Yeah. Sometimes it comes, it comes up where people are like, oh, I did actually buy a house this last year. So All you right. can take me out, whatever <laughs> you know, that happens too. Um, yeah. so I say that. And then in July, I say a very similar email, like, Hey, you had goals this year. Um, we are in the last six months of our year. If we want to make that happen for you, we got to get it moving. So yeah. can we have coffee, whatever it is. So I say that, um, 
I do also do a lot of like, um, Hey, I just drove by your house, whether I did or not, no one knows, you know, um, just was thinking about you. How are you doing? Have you mm -hmm. met your name? Like whatever it is. Yeah. Um, a lot of, I just drove by, by your house. Uh, or the other thing I do all the time is like, if they're looking in a particular neighborhood and they've kind of started to go cold, I'm like, Hey, I'm this new house just came out in your neighborhood. I'm already touring it. Do you want to go with me? I have yeah. used that so many times. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone loves that. I'm they like, do. I'll be there at this time. Do you want to come along? It's right by yeah. you. Sure. Um, so just little things like that, where I can casually get in front of them or, Hey, did you see that this closed in your neighborhood and it went for 40 over and there was five offers? Like, can you believe that's happening again? Just, just more having this conversation with them about real estate, but not right. like, okay, do you want to buy now? You know? Right. I love it. Yeah. If you were talking to whether it's a new agent or just any agent who didn't have, who's sitting there with nothing going on right now, um, what would you tell them to do? What would be your number one piece of advice? It'd be the number one thing they don't want to do. It'd be to <laughs> totally, <laughs> it would be to have business hours and Ooh. be there. Okay. I don't care. That's not what I would that. expect you to say. <laughs> yeah. I don't care if it's at home, uh -huh. but if you're going to work this job as a full-time job, mm -hmm. then you should be, you know, like, butt in your seat, unless you're client facing from like, for me, it's eight 30 to five 30 every day, Monday through Friday, eight 30 mm -hmm. to five 30. You are going to find me in my office. If I'm not client facing mm -hmm. and the difference here is that when I do have slow times, I immediately work my lead tracker, work my whiteboard, right? Mm -hmm. I don't go then grocery shopping or like do my laundry or like whatever else there is, go on a walk. I plan those things outside of 830 to 530 Monday through Friday. Mm -hmm. And I would say say, if you want to run this business, like a business in a high level way and make income, like a full-time job, you must treat it that way. Mm -hmm. You have to be working on your business when you're not working in your business. And if you leave the working on your business to just when you don't have business to work in, it, you're going to be like this. We already work like this. I mean, it is going to be like that, but you'll be way more like boomeranged around. Whereas if you just show up in a regular schedule, I think you'll have more success. Guaranteed. And you work in your office. You do not work out of a home office, correct? I do not ever work at home unless it's weekends or nights. And I have to, um, because for me, when I step into this office, I am in work mode. That's yeah. why I'm here. I have no other thing to do than be here. And for me, it's a mindset thing. Mm -hmm. I know a lot of people who work great businesses from their home. I have three kids, a cat, a nanny, a husband, a I, like it's, it's not a, it's not a calm place to focus on work. It's very distracting. Right. And so for me, I have to do that here. And I think if you can do that from home, great. But I also think you have to be honest with yourself and the time you're spending at your actual desk versus like tinkering. Yes. 
Uh, yeah, I, I, so I'm, I'm, like I said, this is not where I thought you were going to go with your, what to do, but I love that you brought this up because it is, it is so true. Um, I have to, in the beginning of my career, I always worked in the office. I treated it like a career, yeah. like anybody else would do it. I, I went to the office and I cannot tell you how many houses I sold because I was in the office. And when you're out of things to do, there's nothing else to do, but call a client or be in a conversation with somebody that might lead to something, right? There's, it's when you get yes. to, when you've got your to-do list and you're super busy, that's easy. You can do that pretty much anywhere, right? Yep. But it's those moments in your day, in your week, in your month where maybe about two o'clock, or at least this is for me, right? My energy starts to yeah. drain me and I start to get a little meh. If I'm in the office, I'll do a marketing piece. I'll call a client. I'll do something, even a conversation yes, between another like agent, yes. watercolor talk is more beneficial to my business. Yes. You know, right. and um, yeah. And exactly like you're saying, like you built your business on showing up yeah. on being there. And when I look around my business, my, my um, office, the people who are consistently here have the most consistent business. Yeah, it is something so small, but it is like exponentially the, one of the keys to success. And it's so funny. I always laugh because, you know, we're in business for ourselves. Pretty much as long as you're paying your fee to your managing broker and not doing dumb stuff on your transactions, they're going to leave you alone, which means you can do any, like you can show up, you can not show up, you can make a dollar, you can make a million dollars. They're kind of cool no matter what. Yeah. So, you know, we get into things like self-employment of whatever form so that we can be in control. Yeah. Most of us are pretty lousy at it. And just <laughs> the simple act of going to the office is great because I will be the first to admit my kids love it when I work from home. There's like cookies and the yeah. done. Like it's pretty, it's a good gig. They think it's awesome. Yeah. Uh, it's not as awesome for the bottom line of my business. No. And I, and I enjoy it in that sense as well. Right. Like those days when we work from home, I was like, Oh, this is so nice. I'm going to go do this or that, you know, but it's a different level of focus right? that's happening. Um, and a different level of dedication. And so, um, I, I do some coaching, um, and I talk to a lot of agents who come mm -hmm. to me and kind of ask me different questions, which I absolutely love by the way. Yes. But, um, a lot of them will ask, we'll, we'll get on this topic, right. Cause this is mm -hmm. something I'm passionate about. Um, and they'll tell me like, well, I work from home, but, um, it's fine or whatever. And I'm like, tell me what that day looks like. Like it, let, map it out for me, what you did yesterday. And right. when you really map it out, it's like they worked about three hours total. Mm -hmm. Even though they felt like they were working. Um, it's just, it, there's just a lot of distractions. So I, I mean, for somebody who really wants to do this high level, I would say that try that for a while, try just going in consistently 35 hours, 40 hours a week and see yeah. what it does to your business. Give it three, four months. I would be shocked if you don't see a difference in production. Yeah. I, yeah, I wholeheartedly believe in that. So you mentioned doing coaching. Um, if people want to reach out to you, how do they do that? What's the best way to do it? I would say best way is Instagram. Okay. Um, Heather, Heather Maddox homes is, okay. um, probably the best way to reach me. Um, my phone number's there, my email address is there, like, you know, and I'm always 
on there. Actually, we should talk about that for a second too, but yeah. um, in a minute, but I also am co-founder of a community of agents called um, Collaboration Over Competition. Yep. And we do classes, events, dinners. We also do a four-week coaching session that ends with a dinner with agents all over, um, really all over Washington. But if you have interest in that and you're outside of Washington, I'd love to talk to you. Um, but that um, is collaboration over competition, re.com. So Perfect. either one will have things. links to everything yeah. for people too, to make it easy. Yes. Um, yes. So I wanted to comment on the social media and like how I said, I'm yes. always there because people always say this to me, like, how much time do you spend on social media? So what that actually means is that I have Instagram set up in a way that if somebody sends me a message or something, it's going to come up as a notification. Okay. And I respond to those very quickly. If I get a notification, I'm out there. But as far as like sitting and scrolling and being on Instagram, I do, that is, and, and I know this isn't the best way to start your day probably, but anyway, when I wake up, I do about 15 to 20 minutes of inner Instagram engagement. Um, I will go on there, you know, look at people's posts, comment, you know, authentically comment, like all that kind of stuff. If you're paying attention, that's also when I typically post, I usually post at about 6am every day. Um, in my stories, rarely as an actual post, but that's when I show up a lot is about mm -hmm. 6am. Um, and then I kind of shut it down other than notifications and I'll chime in on notifications and, you know, deal with that as they come in. And then I do it again before I go to bed 15 or 20 minutes. Um, and then through the day, if something feels like something I should put in my story, I do that in a hot second. I do not spend more than five minutes on anything for Instagram. Um, I don't do a lot of design work. If the font and color and everything is not available to me in the app, I'm probably not doing it. I don't know how to use Canva. Um, thank you. But, do I, <laughs> but I mean, so it's like, it doesn't have to be hard. Yeah. So I wanted to point that out because a lot of people think that I'm just like literally sitting here in my desk from eight 30 to five 30 on Instagram. And that is not the case. Okay. So two valuable pieces there, a, to realize how much you do time you do spend on social media, because you do have a fairly substantial social media presence. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. it's easy. It would be on the outside, be easy to assume that you're on there all the time. And also the disclaimer that, you know, we just talked about the importance of going to the office, going to the office for 40 hours a week and scrolling social media <laughs> is not going to, it's not quite where you're supposed no, to be. That's yeah. not the takeaway from this talk. <laughs> yes. And probably people, people out there do much better than me at time blocking. Obviously when I'm talking about my okay. schedule, there's some, there's some time blocking in there, but I don't have a schedule that like sits like that, where it's like, so, you know, content and this, I like, I, my, my week kind of naturally flows. Mm -hmm. Um, but that just works for me. I've tried to time block and it's just like, I, I kind of dart around and then I get stressed that I missed my time block. And so, yeah you know, do you for everybody. Cause like, there's a million ways to do this. Yeah. It's whatever works for you, but it yeah. seems like you've figured out a, a good amount of time. And especially for the return that you're getting on the amount of time spent. Mm -hmm. I think that's really the big takeaway from it. Yeah. Whatever that looks like. Well, thank you for joining us today, Heather. I so appreciate you. you. So many great things that you shared with us. Anything else you can think of that would be helpful for people relative to just getting clients? Um, I mean, I think mentorship is always like yes. really important. And also just having agents out there that you look up to, like, honestly, for me, you, Nicole, are somebody who I look at and I just feel like, 
you know, you're somebody who I can look at and think you're a mom who really balances like your kids activities and spending time with your husband and like going on your walks and getting your personal, um, you know, things that you need to do at the same time you balance a real estate business. And at the same time you do energy work and coaching. And like, you really do have a way of calmly doing it all. And so I look to you as like, okay, you know, she's doing it and I can do it. And I think that's really important for people is to like, have your people that you look up to and that you can kind of like tap on their shoulder and ask questions and have conversations like we're having today. Um, but mentorship is so important in this business because the lows are low mm-hmm. and you can kind of get to, yeah, you can get into a space where you're like, I'm never going to sell another house again. Oh, I, right? I have been there. More than once. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> yeah. And so it's like, you got to look, you got to look up and you got to look at, you know, other people who are doing it well and just know that like, let me just model after them because they're doing something right. So, yeah. Thank you. Well, and you and Tracy do a phenomenal job with your collaboration over competition as well. The way you bring people together. I think it's so important and so needed. Yeah. Those, those eight, like you said, those agent relationships, like we need them more than we know we do. So yeah, they get you through. Yeah, for sure. Awesome. Well, thank you for joining us today, Heather. You shared so many wonderful tips. I so appreciate you. Again, we'll have links to everything um, in the show notes for people and uh, we will see you soon. Thanks so much. Thank you. Bye everybody. Bye.